Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Rob Henderson, Senior Vice President of Operations at Westmont Living. Westmont Living is a senior and assisted living company. And just because of all the angst around uh, elder care, given the impact of COVID-19, I thought it'd be great to talk about how companies are trying to innovate and address those concerns. On this week's tech news, I first want to talk about the result of an audit by a former ACLU director on Facebook's practices. Uh, The findings of the report were that for the 2.5 billion users of the platform, that there was a lot of concern around the amount of power that Facebook has and how that may or may not influence things such as an election. Uh, Both sides, whether you're conservative or liberal, are very concerned about how social media platforms like Facebook or Twitter can actually influence or bias people's opinions. So I'm sure there's more to come on that. And speaking of more to come, for the first time ever, the CEOs of Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google are going to get together, and they've all agreed to testify in front of the House because of the similar antitrust concerns. So I'm sure there'll be more news on that. In a recent episode, I talked about TikTok, the Chinese video app maker that's gone viral. There's over a billion users. Millennials and Gen Zs use it all the time to pop up videos. And there were a lot of security concerns. We talked about how Apple, in their latest update, we can now see that every time you write a keystroke on your device, it gets captured by TikTok and gets sent to a foreign server. TikTok, of course, denies it. But at the same time, the whole country of India banned the use of TikTok. TikTok with the billion users, the second largest user after China are the Indians. And India as a country banned the entire platform. And now it's being talked about whether that's going to happen in the United States as well. Uh, Similarly, LinkedIn was just accused of also capturing keystrokes, but for different reasons. They say they do that for spell checking, but I will talk more about that in a future episode. Don't go away for this week's cyber tip because I'll be talking about Alexa and voice recognition. And that's the tech news of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with special guest Rob Henderson, who is Senior Vice President of Operations at Westmont Living. Welcome back, Rob. Thank you, Keith. Thanks for having me. So, Rob, I wanted to talk today about a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, As many of my listeners know, my parents passed away in the last 12 months. But before they did that, my dad, who managed Kaiser's retirement funds, grew it from $250 million to $8 billion when he retired in the 90s. He's a planner. And one thing he wanted to make sure of, um, bless his heart, was that he never wanted my older sister and I Uh, They never wanted to be a burden to us, and they never were, but they made it really clear, and so they did a lot of planning. They actually planned for uh, going into a senior living community, so they spent years deciding that, and while there, we really enjoyed how much care and attention the facilities gave to them, as well as all the activities and the customized food and treatment plans, so What's come up recently, especially during the pandemic, is a lot of confusion and noise about, quote unquote, nursing homes. And I know there's a big distinction between 
skilled nursing and assisted living and senior living, and et cetera. So I thought having an expert or a thought leader as yourself would be really great to hear directly from you and your community, try to break through the noise and really understand what all this is. So why don't we first begin with your background in the space? You know, I've been lucky enough to spend uh, my entire 22 plus year career um, serving seniors. I came right out of college and joined an organization um, uh, running nursing homes, actually. Uh, that's kind of where I got my start as an administrator in training and, and uh, went on to become an administrator. Um, and I did that for about four or five years, and I wasn't quite sure I was going to make that my career. And then I made the transition into assisted living. The company called Marriott Senior Living, it's the same Marriott that wow. uh, we all know. Um, they had a division of senior living. And I knew within a few months that that was going to be the, the rest of my career. Assisted living and skilled nursing are very different. And, uh, and I really enjoyed and, and continue to enjoy being in the assisted living uh, space. And so I then went on to uh, a company called Sunrise Senior Living that they, uh, they were kind of, they were the biggest organization. Many of the years I was with them, uh, kind of grew up in the industry with them and we ran communities, single site communities, um, and then went into a regional role. Um, after that, I, I joined an organization that uh, allowed me to kind of spread my wings and was the vice president of operations and got to run that organization for a number of years before I, I joined Westmont um, just, just shy of a year ago as their senior vice president. And um, so, yeah, we're a smaller organization, but uh, small but mighty and, um, you know, just ex- excited to be a part of it. Well, thanks. Thanks for your background. To me, it doesn't sound too small. I mean, you have 14 facilities, you're building seven more? Yes. Yeah, we have 14 currently. Um, and uh, the, the one that's going to be opening next is uh, right here in Milpitas, uh, will be number 15. And we have we have seven behind that, four that are actively being built um, this year, and then uh, three more where Shovel will hit ground next year. And so the next really busy couple of years for us uh, as our as we scale up. Well, thank you. So what are some of your initial thoughts on what's been going on the last few months with shelter in place? Yeah, you know, it's, um, and I know it's an overused term, but it's, it's unprecedented times. None of us have ever experienced anything like this. So I'll tell you, the, the one thing that's interesting is how convoluted it's been from the regulatory agencies. And allow me to explain. So normally, typically, assisted living is regulated by Department of Social Services and Care Licensing. So we get, I mean, they're the holy grail of our direction and guidance from them. Um, the regulations are built from them. And so uh, that's, that's where it starts and stops. But because of this pandemic, um, justifiably, the CDC is heavily involved, which we all appreciate and we're all um, thankful for. But beyond that, um, we also have the California Department um, of Public Health, who has a say and has uh, interpretations and, and things that come out. And then to make things even more confusing, um, each county that we're in uh, throughout the state has their own set of expectations and guidance. So we have all of these competing agencies with all different interpretations of things. And um, someone like myself trying to lead the company and, and, get, and provide them with the information that, that, that they can use for their particular community in the county they're in has been really challenging because CDC says one thing and then Department of Social Services says another. And uh, so that's, that's been really challenging. But um, now I got a little bit of a, what I do every morning is go through all nine of the counties we're in, their, their websites and, and look and see if there's updates and then provide the guidance that I can for, for the county that uh, we're in for that. So it's been challenging. 
That's for sure. Well, thanks, Rob. Thanks for sharing that. And I sympathize my career as both a technology executive and a banking executive. It's very similar. We have these things called guidances, which are not regulations or laws. And so you think it's less um, encumbering, but it's actually more because there's so much open to interpretation. So I feel for what you and the community are doing, but I also think it speaks to um, how really great communities are trying to do adequate interpretation of these rules to ensure for the best experience of the residents. So don't go away. I know we have a lot to cover today. We really want to get the point across of what you can do if you're planning for senior living and also some of the considerations, especially during lockdown, but also post lockdown of the new normal. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Special guest is Rob Henderson, Senior Vice President of Operations at Westmont Living. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svn.biz. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we'll be right back with more of Rob. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined with special guest Rob Henderson, who is the Senior Vice President of Operations at Westmont Living. Welcome back, Rob. Thank you. So, Rob, here's a question for you. What type of leadership style works best in senior living? Yeah, well, you know, obviously it's a matter of opinion. I can tell you it worked well for me and a couple of things that I think are, are necessary, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, I've always been brought up and kind of thought that the type of leadership style that works best is not a top-down approach not a, you know, dictatorship. I'm, I like to say that uh, my leadership at nights of the round table, you know, where my whole team has a, uh, a say in what we're, what we're doing and decisions we're making. I think when you, you know, you make decisions in a vacuum, you don't get the perspective from, uh, from everyone else. And I think perspective is important. So um, I, I think that team approach of, of having everyone, allowing everyone to have a say and, and be a part of the team and weave in and out of their lanes and, uh, and, and, you know, have an input in things that are not just part of their core job, but, but really everything as a whole. So that's, that's something that's worked well for me. I think no matter what industry you're in, um, what I have learned to be uh, a, a must-have leadership style is to be ultra transparent. Um, and it's more important in senior living because we're taking care of frail seniors. And we need to know that not only our residents, but our, the family mem- members of our, of our residents trust us. And the only way we can do that is if we pull back the curtain and we are completely transparent with them about everything. Sometimes, some, some say to a fault because we're letting them know about everything, which sometimes can blow up in your face because then that breeds more questions and, and so on. But transparency is incredibly important and I try and practice that. and. and you know, every day with, with not only our team members, but our residents as well. Well, thanks. I mean, I can attest to that. Um, they, I, I remember reading somewhere, they say that on average uh, in families, you spend 18 years raising your child, but you might spend 19 years taking care of your parents. Yeah, and so, um, 
And you imagine now with uh, both adults working, both partners working, taking care of your kids at home, it's got to be much more complex. I remember we, my sister and I, we were constantly meeting with doctors and meeting with assisted living. Actually, I've I've talked about it on a a personal level that when my parents were in the midst of their hospital stays uh, transitioning into senior communities, my sister and I were driving each because uh, they had different health concerns. We were driving about 500 miles a week each in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. And, wow. and it sounds crazy, but that is something that um, is a reality for some people. And we, we had the luxury of our work situations to be able to take care of those things. But I can imagine that, uh, especially people who get thrust in the midst of this, haven't really had the time to plan for it, that they're now really faced with these decisions. Um, what is the thought process to really find a Westmont out? And then in terms of how do your communities respond to those people? When adult children are looking to place their loved ones in a, in a community like ours, what are some of the things that they, they should be looking out for? Is that, yeah, you know, um, first of all, and I know it's a little difficult to do now, but on-site tours are, are absolutely a must. And I know it kind of goes without saying, but there are some telltale things to look out for that I think really um, can help the average person uh, that's never been in assisted living. Getting a feel for how long the management team has been there, in particular the executive director, is one of the biggest markers uh, of, of uh, how well they take care of uh, residents by, by how long the seniority of the team is, is there or, or the executive director. Um, you know, when you're touring a community, usually it's with the salesperson. Um, some provide will make sure that the executive director's there with them, which I think is a great sign. But more than that, as you're touring and as you're, um, you know, looking at the features and the benefits of the community, um, what what type of engagement are you seeing with with uh, the housekeeper and a resident that's walking down the hall? What, what are, you, are you seeing the executive director call these residents by first and last name and talk, and say something that only they would know? Those are those are signs that they're very engaged with the residents. And, um, and typically, you'll see successful communities. It's, it kind of goes hand in hand when, when, you, when you observe that. Now, if you see just the opposite, that's usually a, a young team, uh, an executive director who sits in his office and doesn't engage with everyone. You know, a little bit earlier, we were talking about leadership traits in senior living. What are some other characteristics that you wanted to talk about? I think, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in, in my introduction that I, I spent, uh, you know, almost 10 years as an executive director, and I've never lost sight of that and, and that perspective. I know how difficult it is uh, to run a, a community. And uh, so as a leader of an organization now, every time I make a decision, every time I think through a new initiative or a conference call or whatever it is, I think through what their day is like and how we can make it easier for them. Um, so because I've done virtually every position in the community, um, I, I continue to just look through those lenses as we, uh, as we make those decisions. Um, and, you know, I, we call our team um, community support team. We call it that for a reason. We call it to hold ourselves accountable each day that what we're doing at any moment, moment is to support them. If we're handing them an audit or telling them what they could be doing better, we're not supporting them. We're not doing what what we were, we're hired to do. So um, that's that's a trait that's that's I think is uh, is important. Um, and then I think lastly, or what I would the last trait that I would that comes to mind is, and I and I I, I learned the hard way early on in my career that you can't be a one size fits all to everyone. 
you got to be a chameleon. Um, so whenever I enter a new team or, or somebody enters our team for the first time, you know, I'm, I'm an observer. I'm pretty quiet. People always consider me pretty quiet at the beginning. Um, it's because I'm seeing what makes them tick and I'm seeing what, what, where their passions lie. And that helps me better manage them. And I think uh, a lot of the folks in my team take that same approach and it's allowed us to be successful as a result. Yeah, I think that's great, especially when dealing with individuals. Uh, one thing I was really curious about is more on the tactical level. Yeah. Because of the lockdown, how are people actually moving in? What are some of the considerations to actually get somebody who needs to move in now and not wait? Yeah, that's, that's, an inter- that's a hard uh, question to answer. And, it's, and it goes back to something I said earlier, and that's um, we're seeing so much different guidelines with respect to moving in that there really is a wide spectrum. And let me give you some examples. On one end of the spectrum, um, you know, we got providers out there that are, that are just quarantining. They're, lo- they're moving residents in and then quarantining them for 14 days, and, and then that's it. On the other end of the spectrum, you have providers that aren't even, uh, they've shut down all move-ins. What Westmont is doing, which, um, you know, I I think is a good middle ground, a hybrid of that, um, we are moving uh, residents in, but we want to protect our existing residents. So what we're doing is um, we're requiring two negative tests um, pre-move-in. And then uh, once they move in, after 72 hours, we uh, we test them a third time uh, on our dime. And, uh, and as soon as we get those results, and if we get a third negative, then we're taking them off quarantine. So they may only be on quarantine for three to five days after moving, opposed to up to 14 or longer like some are doing. Um, so that's been, that's been our approach uh, for, from a moving perspective. That's great. I mean, I think, again, what we talked about earlier, how do you differentiate between the term nursing home and understanding the different types of situations in communities skilled versus assisted and what are organizations like Westmont doing to ensure the highest safety levels possible. And that's why in the next segment, I actually want to talk about innovation because people don't really think about, well, how can innovation happen um, in the sense outside Silicon Valley, although you have a Milpitas location, so that will be Silicon Valley and some of the other Bay areas. But I'm I'm interested in what companies like Westmont are doing to address um, the, the tactical aspects of what they need to do on a daily basis with innovation. We'll talk about that when we get back. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Special guest is Rob Henderson, SVP of Operations at Westmont Living, and they take care of seniors. Um, you have any questions or comments about what we're talking about today, email us at info at svn.biz. This is something my sister and I are very passionate about. So just on a personal level, if you have some questions, just reach out to us. And you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And we'll be right back with more with Rob. For questions or comments on today's program, call one 888 828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have Rob Henderson, who's the Senior Vice President of Operations for Westmont Living, a senior and elder care company. And we're talking about the innovations happening in process and technology due to the concerns over COVID-19 and how you and your loved ones can be taken care of safely. On this week's Cyber Tip, I want to actually talk about a kind of a funny story that starts three years back. Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa is a recording device. It lives in your home, at your work. It can hear your commands. And about three years ago, Burger King did a marketing campaign 
um, knowing that Alexa picks up your voice pattern, but it wasn't specific back then. So Burger King had an ad that was seated in the end of another ad that would basically turn on your Alexa and then it would take you to, say, the Burger King Wikipedia page. And in that Wikipedia page, it would be some glowing statements about Burger King and their ingredients, et cetera. Well, some clever folks decided to hack the Wikipedia page, meaning that you can edit it, and we'll put stuff in like the ingredients in a Burger King hamburger was 100% uh, a medium-sized child. And of course, Burger King did not like that. So that whole campaign ended very quickly. And then Google took some safety precautions on Alexa to make sure that didn't happen again. So fast forward to three years later, there's now better voice detection systems. Voice detection is just another form of biometrics like your facial recognition. And in that voice detection, they can now pinpoint your voice and tie it to your Alexa device. And I think that just shows as we continue to advance the technology, these things continue to happen. So for you early adopters out there, and technology we see there's early adopters and fast followers. Early adopters are the people who jump on technology right away. If you don't have a technical mindset, just be aware that you might be subject to, at best, a joke, but at worst, a hacking attack. And so to always be aware of what you introduce into your home, what you introduce into your office, and that those devices are becoming more complex. And in essence, uh, sometimes we call it spyware. Sometimes it's spying on you illegally, but sometimes you allow it to spy on you. And even with that, companies are now seeing that as an opportunity to create safeguards for you, like voice recognition to you. And that's the Cyber Tip of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm joined with Rob Henderson, who's the Senior Vice President of Operations at Westmont Living. Welcome back, Rob. Thank you, Keith. So earlier in the show, we've been talking about what the state of senior care in the United States is, assisted living, skilled nursing, and we actually have an expert with us. Rob has been in the space for over 22 years, has done every role in a senior living community. And so I thought it would just be great to have a conversation around it. So Rob, one of the things I really think has been at the forefront of lockdown and SIP for everyone, not just seniors, is the need for technology to solve some of the issues. And I think there's been innovation. We talked about contact tracing. I've had people on the show talking about situational awareness. What are things that Westmont and senior living communities doing to implement technology and innovation to serve your residents and your stakeholders? Yeah. Well, one of the things that's coming, uh, it was approaching our industry, I should say, um, but it's coming fast and furious now as a result of the pandemic, and that's um, telehealth. You know, telehealth has been around for a few years, but it really never, um, never got to assisted living. And now with uh, not wanting to expose seniors to hospitals or doctor's office or physician's offices, um, this has been the hot topic of, of, of the last couple months. You know, I, I've, I've got a crash course in everything um, having to do with telehealth. And I think, um, you know, we're, we're, we've engaged with a, an organization that's going to allow us to, to do this for our communities. And I think that's going to become the norm much quicker than, than it would have been um, had we not been dealing with, with the pandemic. So telehealth is definitely um, going to be the norm, I would say, in the coming months. And so 
I think the big hurdle there, though, they're all based on hospital systems. There's not a one-size-fits-all company that you can go and and partner with that will what will do that for you all. It's all based in the hospital system. So that's the the, the hurdle now. But I think um, like everything else, um, it'll it'll get solved quickly because of how serious it is. But you know, if you think about it, the seniors leaving our community, going on a bus, driving to a hospital, and, and it, there's just so much exposure there. You know, you got an iPad. You can do a lot, a lot, not all, a lot of what you would normally do, especially on routine visits. And so, I think telehealth is going to be the be the norm in assisted living communities um, sooner or later. Oh, I think that's great. And I was then thinking because of the experience my sister and I had with our parents, um, telehealth I think is is very valuable and very efficient. Does that cause any staffing concerns in terms of now that you have to really do more on site versus being able to? you know, go with them to the hospital. Is it any change in how that works? No, no, it won't. I mean, we do have, um, we do have nurses uh, on site, um, but honestly, you know, they're going to get all their direction from the physician and virtually in front of them. And, and we're just going to execute orders and and services. So it it won't, it shouldn't affect our staffing. In fact, if anything, we may not need drivers as often because we're not shuttling so many residents back and forth. No, it shouldn't be an issue with staffing at all. One of the things I think about, though, is uh, how does socialization, how's that working? Because, you, you know, a lot of cases we're now distant from our loved ones and our relatives. Digital engagement is is really um, what we've all been forced as, as providers, what we've been forced to get creative with. And I can tell you what we're doing and some of my, my peers and counterparts that I, I hear doing. Obviously, Zoom is now... Um, you know, a word that some people, what, what's that? And everybody knows what Zoom is. And and so um, what we're doing, and, and this goes back to what I said about being transparent, um, we're, we're having weekly Zoom meetings with all of our family members and sometimes twice a week. Um, and then aside from that, every single day, we have a window of time, three hours, three to four hours. And um, our family members can call and, and reserve time with their loved one, 20, 30 minute increments. And then uh, we have somebody at, at the community of an iPad, sets them all up, gets them all ready, and then and lets them have their 20, 30 minutes, whatever it may be, with, uh, with their loved one. Um, so that's really important. But aside from that, we can't do big group activities, communal dining like we used to. So we're having to do a lot of one-on-ones um, where we're bringing activity carts from room to room and, uh, and, and doing things that are on like uh, one-on-one based. So that, those are just a couple of things that, that we're doing. Um, and then even with, we do a lot of exercise and things like that. So we're having to go virtual with that as well. So we've partnered with a, a company that uh, is doing that for all of our communities. So we're, we're just, we're, every day we're doing something new and doing something different to keep them from, you know, going stir crazy. It's funny, uh, when we were with our parents years ago, looking at different communities, we thought about how much this was similar to you know, being on a cruise, the good parts of being on a cruise. And so you hear about all these things happening now with the cruise industry. You wonder if the cruise industry should be taking cues from what senior living communities are doing <laughs> because you have to do it. And like, you know, senior cru- cruising is like, well, how do we, how do we deal with the lockdown? How do we deal with social distancing? So it sounds like you're actually farther ahead than the cruise industry. I think so. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the onboarding process like? I'm just curious. For um, like new, new, res- new residents. We, new we talked residents, about the, yeah. Yeah, you, you talked about the testing requirements, but what other considerations in terms of checking in are, are required? 
Yeah. So um, because we can't in, uh, allow visitors to come in, and that includes family members, um, we're, we have a whole set of expectations that we give the families of, of our new move-ins in terms of cleaning and wiping things down and having them um, uh, all the, the belongings that are going to come into a particular unit um, already done. And then we, we never used to have to do this. You, you could just have movers come in and out. Our staff takes the burden of that now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to move from the front of uh, our community into wherever they are in our community. And then we do another round of cleaning and disinfecting and all of that. Um, but we, uh, you know, we still introduce them to the various resident committees, um, who the resident, you know, council president might be. Um, all of our directors will go and meet them individually and one-on-one, introduce who they are, what they do, how to reach them. So the onboarding process uh, has changed a little bit for obvious reasons, but um, but we haven't thinned it out. We, 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 in fact, if anything, we've only um, broadened it just because uh, they don't have the time to to go through the community and learn things on their own like they normally would. So, um, but yeah, that's that's those are a few of the things we're doing. Yeah. And then I'm imagining uh, since you can't really be physically present and socialization is important, is it like picking up an iPhone and holding up the FaceTime to the resident or is there some other technologies involved in that? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, like I was mentioned earlier, that's one of the things because, you know, a lot of seniors aren't comfortable with, with technology and certainly not um, iPads and then they know how to do a few things and I don't know that they would know how to work Zoom. So um, so we do it for them. We okay. set everything up. We know what time that, it, that our loved one's going to call in. We got the meetings IDs all worked out. We got everything. We have the device ourselves if they don't have one. All they have to do is be present. And uh, and then we we leave the area and let them have their one-on-one time. And that's uh, that's really what what uh, how it's set up. Well, Rob, I can't believe how fast this show has gone today. And it's really just touching the tip of the iceberg and what senior centers are doing to address the new normal. What are some final thoughts before we get into the pivot in the next segment that you want to leave on what you're doing with Westmont and for the senior community? When I think of technology and things that are advancing quickly, especially in our industry now as a result of the pandemic, there's two real, two things that come to mind. Um, the ability to communicate quickly to a, to a broad audience is, is more important now than ever because of so much changing information. And, and again, it goes back to something I said earlier about getting so much multiple information from various agencies and wanting to be transparent. So um, we are looking into a, a, a partnering with a company that will allow us to sort of mass communicate, um, not just setting up distribution lists and emails and sending it out, actually um, communicating in their preferred method. So in other words, I could send out a message from my laptop that will go to all of our residents, all of our family members, all of our team members, or just one group, depending on what the message is, and it will be delivered in the fashion that they want it. One might get a text, one might get a, a landline phone call, one might get um, you know, uh, a voicemail, um, however, however they set it up, and it gets out quickly and efficiently. So um, this sort of ability to mass communicate is, is something that uh, I think is changing. And then um, I think one of the coolest things, the last thing that I can that really comes to mind, you know, when you and I, Keith, go into a dentist or a doctor's uh, office, what, what happens? We walk to the front desk, we take the pin out of the, the little um, jar of marbles that might have a little uh, uh, flower on the end of it, you know, trying to make pretty, and we write our name and what time we showed up, right? And that's, that's yeah. typically how it's been done for a number of years. Well, um, what's really cool, and, and we're seeing this and in, in, in it being more advanced recently, is... Uh, these really uh, advanced check-in systems 
where you can come up. It's, it's on an iPad-like device. Um, they'll take your temperature now that we're, we're, we've been required to do that, and the chances are we'll be having to do that for, for quite a while. Uh, and they'll also ask all these, these um, screening questions that we've been doing in all of our communities as well. So it basically takes the place of somebody who, who, who physically does it now. Um, and then uh, it also lets us know who's coming, who's going, uh, and it can even send us alerts or residents alerts when a, a visitor is coming. So I think the advancement of these check-in systems is something that's really, uh, really exciting to watch. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks again, Rob. And I wanted to remind folks uh, that you have a new center coming on board in Milpitas in fall. And yes. you've got four other, or you have three other locations in the Bay Area. So Rob Henderson, Senior Vice President of Operations at Westmont, uh, shared a wealth of knowledge in helping us get educated on senior living. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at info at and we'll be right back with more of Rob on the pivot. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Special guest today is Rob Henderson, Senior Vice President of Operations at Westmont. Rob has been talking about how the senior living communities have been adjusting with the new normal, some of the innovations that are coming down uh, in order to serve their residents and their residents' loved ones and other stakeholders. So thanks again, Rob, for being here. Yeah, thank you. We talked a lot earlier about all those aspects of senior living. We've talked about the technologies involved, the change of procedures, the government regulations. What does the future of senior living look like to you? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think first and foremost, um, there's going to be a, a, uh, a lot of emphasis on infection con- control procedures like we've never seen before. There's there's always been that in skilled nursing, um, but in assisted living, it's, it's been a little bit of an afterthought. And I think that uh, that's going to be um, one of the main priorities, not just because it should be, but because I think uh, our, you know, the adult children who tend to shop for their, their loved ones in senior living are going to be asking those questions and have high expectations for that. Um, I think that the pandemic has only brought a brighter light to it, but you know we deal with seasonal flus and noroviruses and other things as it already. So when you add this on top, I think it's incredibly important that there are some safeguards and foolproof procedures related to infection control. And, um, and that's, that's definitely going to tighten up. I touched on it earlier, but I think, uh, I think the telehealth option is going to have to be the norm. Not will it, it's going to have to be, um, you know, we're going to have to find reasons to, to keep our seniors, um, safe and, and not exposed because, you know, we talk about, that sometimes you could, you know, you, you feel great, you feel good, and you go to the hospital to visit somebody, and then you come home with something, you know, and so if you're going to these places, you're, you're, there's a bigger chance of being exposed, we need to limit those, and so telehealth, I think, plus residents would rather, rather see their doctor and, and be able to have a conversation with them, and not, you know, a lot of times you don't do anything in front of them anyways, but converse with them, so you can do that with an iPad or or any number of devices. So I think uh, I think telehealth is going to be uh, the new norm sooner than later. For me, uh, I think telehealth uh, is going to be a driver for better um, healthcare-related data and privacy laws. So I actually think it's a good thing. I think the fact that we actually, as a society, are adopting telehealth faster. Uh, I had talked about um, in a previous show around legislators wanting to be proactive. And of course, the legislators will one day be a resident 
of a senior facility in all likelihood. I think it's great. And so I, I just wanted to throw my two cents in about telehealth. No, and, and, and I think continuing uh, to look at ways to be creative as it relates to uh, engaging the residents, uh, unlike ways that we've traditionally done in the past, uh, more more digital engagement and more uh, small group and one-on-one type activities rather than, um, you know, full group, all community type of activities. Cause we don't, you know, listen, we don't know when we're going to get back to any type of normal where we're going to be able to have, let's say all 100 of our residents dining at the same time again. So we're going to have to look at things like staggered meal times and um, you know, uh, to being, being able to social distance. And, and I think the same goes for the activities and things that we're doing at the communities. And, and that even, that even goes down to the offsite things that we do for our residents and, and taking them on a bus, you know, we could two, two, three to a seat. And, and now I, we might not be able to do that. So we might get more creative about potentially more vehicles and more drivers and, and more um, what we call our, our lifestyle directors, which are basically activity directors, because we're having to do that under different under different ways, um, parameters. So I think those are the, some of the things that are kind of no-brainers, but there's going to be other, other things out there that uh, are definitely our industry for, for many years to come. So, so in terms of once we do get a handle on the situation, whether there is a vaccine or there's not a vaccine, uh, what are the positive takeaways from the whole experience now that we've implemented all these new procedures, process, and technologies? What are things to look forward to? Well, you know, I, I think it's forced us to, to, to move faster on some things that we otherwise may not have been so, so quick. I, and, and again, infection control being one of them. There's things that we, we've always had a pulse on that we just, we've never made them a high priority. And I think the, the pandemic has made us look at things differently. And, uh, and, and I think that's a good thing because who knows if they would have ever made it off the side burner. So, um, so I, the fact that, that this has caused us to really look at things that we otherwise would have, you know, waited until there was a good time to to spend time on. We're 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 they're right in our face, and we're having to deal with them um, front and center. I think those are some of the things that come to mind. Well, Rob, it's a pleasure having you on the show today. I'm really appreciative of all your expertise and your wealth of knowledge. So I'm sure I'll have you back on sometime. So thanks again. Thanks, Keith. I really enjoyed being here. You have any questions or comments about today's show about senior assisted living? Emails at info biz. It's definitely an area that my sister and I are really passionate about, so happy to help you out. As a reminder, Westmont's opening up their newest facility in Milpitas this fall. It will have state-of-the-art technology and amenities, underground parking, on-site nursing, as well as indoor aquatic center, fitness center, and a movie theater and library. If you have any questions or comments about it, email us at info at svn.biz. And we'll be happy to get you connected. Thanks again for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And you can always download the podcast at svin.biz. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846. 888-828-SVIN.